0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Hacking HR podcast, the show where we talk about the amazing future of human resources and all things at the intersection of future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, and people. At Hacking HR, we believe that human resources can become the most important trailblazer, leading people and organizations successfully and effectively into the new reality of work and life. To do that, we must rise to the challenges of our times, shoot for the stars, and achieve our fantastic potential. During this show, we discuss ideas, insights, data, experiences, stories, and anything else that can contribute to helping you become and be a better HR leader and practitioner. Thank you so much for joining us today, and enjoy the show.
1: Ultimately, since COVID is continuing to be on the rise across the U.S., it has a really big impact on our healthcare workers. And so at ConnectRN, we have a couple thousand nurses and clinicians that are spread across 11 states. And so um, I think that we're starting to more acutely feel the pressure of the numbers ticking back up again, which is never easy to see.
0: Alison is unapologetically obsessed with all things talent acquisition, strategy, development, and operations. She has over eight years of experience in recruitment and people operations, and she's currently the senior manager of people and talent at ConnectRN, which is an app that empowers nurses to work whenever and whatever they want. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Alison, welcome. How are you doing?
1: Hi, Enrique. I'm doing really well today. How about yourself?
0: Good, good. Thank you. Very, very happy to have you with me and have this conversation about all things gig economy, engaging people who are distributed workforce now, remote workers, uh, a little bit maybe about a streamlining talent acquisition processes. And of course, I know you are very passionate about all things DNI and mental health in the workplace and, and whatnot. But I want to begin here. You work in the healthcare care sector, one okay. of the uh, hardest working sectors of the past several months living in the pandemic. I want to ask you, first of all, how are you doing? And second of all, I want to ask you, how is everybody else doing in your organization?
1: Yeah. Um... I mean, I would love to say that it's all sunshine and rainbows, but as you can probably guess, you say, how are you doing? And then how are you really doing? How are you
0: really doing?
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, as far as Mondays go, this one was pretty good. I had a nice pumpkin donut, so it was a plus for me. Um, but yeah, ultimately, since... COVID is continuing to be on the rise across the U.S. It has a really big impact on our healthcare workers. And so at ConnectRN, we have a couple thousand nurses and clinicians that are spread across 11 states. And so um, I think that we're starting to more acutely feel the pressure of the numbers ticking back up again, which is never easy to see.
0: Wow. Well on behalf of everybody in our audience, everybody in HR, and for that matter, every human being alive in this planet right now, we're very thankful for all the work you've done in the healthcare sector. I, As we spoke about offline, I don't know what it would be of us if it wasn't for you. So kudos to you and, and you know, sending all our prayers, our thoughts, and our healing and positive vibes for you to stay strong. Because you know if it wasn't for you, honestly, this, this would have been uh, way worse than, than it already is. And let me go from there to uh, th- this one topic that I know you, you, are, you love and you're passionate about, which is mental health at work. And I mm-hmm. want to ask you, how are you managing that? Because you don't work in an easy sector. You work in a sector where there's a lot of pressure. You are dealing with human lives day to day how are you dealing with mental health yourself but also when it comes from your hr leadership perspective and your uh, and the people that you are serving in the organization
1: yeah i mean ultimately whether we're interacting on uh, from our corporate team or with the clinicians that work for ConnectRN, I think it's really important to just lead first with empathy. Um, we are in the space of healthcare staffing. And so, I don't know how familiar you are with the industry, but historically temporary workers or employees, if you go somewhere, they're not necessarily treated the best. Um, we think it's absolutely mission critical to support these clinicians, regardless of whether there's a global pandemic, because their job, quite frankly, was ridiculously hard before COVID-19, and it's going to continue to be very difficult afterwards. And so in terms of from an HR perspective, I really try to think of it from a customer-centric view of these nurses are our customers. No, they're not the ones that are paying the bills, but they're the ones that are ultimately providing that absolutely critical care. They're the ones that are keeping this world alive and going. And so it's the least I can do or that one of our customer success team members can do or someone from our clinician experience team can do to take a couple extra minutes on the phone to say, hey, how are you doing in all of this and not just try to rush them off the phone so that way we can reduce call times and all of that. Um, it's really, really important to myself and also all of us at Connect around that we're incredibly nurse-centric and advocating for them, even if um, you know, sometimes the facility might say one thing and then the nurse says another. We really need to make sure that we're backing the nurses as much as we can because oftentimes it's such an underserved community and mm-hmm. someone really needs to be in their corner. And so uh, I think that in terms of mental health, To, um, you know, whether it be for the nurses or our corporate employees, that uh, taking the time out instead of thinking, okay, you know, we're a quickly growing series A startup where things are going to be go, 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 go all the time, to just slow down and take a minute at the start of a meeting to say, hey, you know what, red, yellow, green, where are you at in terms of your mental presence right now? Because I know I just came off of. A conversation where someone said something very different about the upcoming presidential election that I don't know how to necessarily respond to, right? And so right now, maybe I'm a red or maybe I'm a green because I just had an awesome phone screen. But taking that step to just pause and meet folks where they're at is being particularly appreciated more now more than ever when you've got employees who are also teachers, who are also caregivers who are also doing literally all of the things and so taking that beat to recognize that folks might not be at their 100% is really that first step of acknowledgement to say hey you don't need to be in accomplished mode accomplishment mode rather all of the time it's okay to take a beat and also admit if you aren't 100% there
0: yeah yeah you know that when very, very often we, we have this saying of you got to treat your employees how you want your employees to treat your customers. And mm. because the positive or negative treatment from your employees to those external customers may be a reflection of how you're treating them. And this is so critical in the work and in the world in which you move and in, the, in which you work, right? You want to make sure that those nurses are getting themselves the care they need from the company because they are care providers for for others. And you want to make sure that they have all the support they need in order to do their work in the best way possible. Because at the end of the day, they too are humans. And they too have all the sufferings that everybody else is having, only that we don't have to have their a responsibility, if you will, which is taking care of another, another person's lives. How has it been for you to manage this dramatic change of pace, if you will, for your organization when it comes to distributed distributed workforce? And I know you did this before, but now it is like on asteroids because of all that's happening with with the pandemic. So how are you making sense of this, all these things? What are you doing differently from what you were doing before? Can you just navigate us about, you know, in in, in all the directions of, of your approach to distributed workforce?
1: Sure. So we had a fairly distributed team prior to the pandemic getting into the thick of things back in March of this year. And I don't know that we've had to make drastic changes as we've continued to remain now fully remote and all, and further distributed during the pandemic. But I think that it was important to make sure that all of our employees were engaged regardless of whether they were physically coming into our headquarter office, if they were going into our Baltimore office, or if they were working from home, you know, down in Florida or any other state. So we made sure first and foremost that we set up a few different, um, just like, safe places and also channels in Slack to bond with each other and create opportunities for water cooler conversation that might have happened if they were physically in an office together. So we're always doing a question of the week, whether it, you know, go back to the viral, what color is the dress? Is it white and gold or is it black and blue type thing? Another really funny one was, what was your early 2000s screen name? That one got (laughs) really funny. Shout out to Ray from Guts for Success being LL Cool Ray. Like, so good. Um, But yeah, I think that it's moments like that that kind of bring us together as opposed to, oh, okay, like this nurse is meant to be at this shift at this time, or hey, we need to hire you know, this many RNs to meet the demand in Cleveland or, hey, did we get out this marketing campaign yet? Because that's always going to be there. And we need yeah. to be very intentional about creating those connections where that way that marketing person can connect with an engineer because he closetedly loves pumpkin spice lattes. And so does she, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. so starting out and making some of those conversations happen and, um, some apps, um, exist to be able to foster some of that engagement, like donut, where you can randomly get paired with someone else, either within your organization or another, if you are going through Slack, you can have an integration there and it'll randomly pair you with someone. So that's always nice. And you can set it for whatever duration you want, whether it be 30 minutes or an hour, but that's another way that I found to be helpful with networking. Having team lunches over Zoom that have different team members um, or different teams mixed together with a member of our executive team who maybe they don't regularly get to interact with. Those are a couple of different ways. And then of course, there's always the the typical happy hour type social engagements, but there's also so many really awesome companies that have spun up and gained popularity during the pandemic, like teambuilding.com, for example, we're doing a murder mystery later this week (laughs) with them. So we're pretty pumped about that. They've got like cocktail mixing classes. We, we did, um, Now, and this was more of a self-guided experience, so I don't know how authentic we were, but for Hispanic Heritage Month, we made arepas, so (laughs) (laughs) so that was fun and different. We hired a, a Zumba teacher to teach a Zumba class during Hispanic Heritage Month, and so we were trying to find different ways to keep folks um, Engaged, despite being across different states despite having all of these differences in terms of where we're coming from where we're located what hours we're able to work because of you know parents whether it be you're taking care of your parents or you're now taking care of children or otherwise Uh, and just finding ways to create those meaningful connections has really really helped our culture to be able to not just sustain the pandemic but also really foster better collaboration when we do need to interact in terms of our day-to-day meetings.
0: I love that and you know one one element and the one element that seems to connect all connect all these pieces together is the element of human connection right that's mm-hmm. ultimately what you are describing and what you are trying to do which of course it's uh, it's nothing but easy In times where the world moved from in person interactions to online interactions, one thing, of course, that I want to ask you if you have thought about it is down down the road, how are you going to keep, if you have thought about it, how are you thinking to keep your people, your employees engaged, knowing that there's going to be ups and downs? And I think we are going to get to a place where everybody will get fed up like they don't want to have anything to do anymore with zoom or with online mm-hmm. soft and they may want to either you know isolate themselves or try you know fall into the temptation of doing social things you know with no uh not the right safety measures so how mm-hmm. are you thinking about this in the long term
1: yeah i mean ultimately we we try to be really thoughtful about putting together a variety of ways to get folks interacting. So, obviously, Zumba isn't for everybody. (laughs) Some people prefer to hydrate during our (laughs) weekly happy hours. Um, But we have had some in-person meetups during the pandemic at a social distance. So, uh, like our team lead for customer success she's got a big bonfire out back with a bunch of chairs so we we just met up with some of our new hires last week and that was a good time i think ultimately looking in the long term you know the most important thing is being mindful that not everyone is going to always want to opt in and that's okay mm-hmm. and in Zoom meetings, you don't always have to be camera on. If I don't expect it <laughs> most of the time, but you've seen an uprise or uptick rather in managers having one-on-one walking phone calls where maybe they're going to walk their dog around the neighborhood to yeah. connect rather than going face-to-face on a Zoom. Or, um, you know, also too, being aware that Sometimes, and this was I think an interesting learning for me when we created our diversity, equity and inclusion committee a couple months ago, one of the members had shared that ultimately she wasn't sure how she could really come and participate in some of these more social events and and break bread with folks from different backgrounds if they didn't understand her pain and everything that was associated with George Floyd's murder mm. and everything else that has transpired um, on, along those same lines, not just recently, but over you know hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I necessarily had a great answer to that, but taking the time to get to know her as well as a number of other employees and learning more about what they would be excited about participating in has thankfully changed up who is willing to come to these you know, more social engagement events and in turn has helped foster a better working relationship because I know I can shoot this person like, a funny meme and know that they're gonna agree that it's funny with me or things of that nature. So I think it's also important for any leader whether it's a people leader or otherwise, just to be mindful that something that you might believe will be a great bonding activity won't necessarily be a great activity unless you set some of the groundwork to have some of those open honest conversations. and. Connector Our is still very early in its journey of diversity, equity, and inclusion. We only just started this committee a couple months ago. Admittedly, we're a startup, so we're a pretty young company in general. <laughs> but um, we realized that there is definitely a lot more that we can be doing to have open and honest conversations. And that even, you know, lends itself to the upcoming election as well. So Being able to confidently share how you feel about a certain issue without um, fear of retribution or anything within a company's Slack channel or email or otherwise is the culture that we're working on fostering. Are we great at it yet? (laughs) Not by any means, Um, but I will say that in one of our recent engagement surveys that we had a 100%, uh, everyone in the company who did the, mind you, we're a pretty small company, but uh, we had 93% of our employees participate in this survey and all of the employees that participated, 100% of them said that they knew how their day-to-day work contributed to our mission. And of that number, 83% of them felt a strong sense of belonging, which wow. is also really, really powerful and great for me to hear. Um, so like I said, thinking about that foundational layer of what can we do to start to have folks be open and honest about conversations, you know, whether it be related to marketing or sales or a bug in the app, you know, whatever's going on, being able to lay that groundwork first is kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And then you can start to think about some of these more fun things and and celebrations.
0: Yeah. And I, I love you. You have mentioned a number of, of, things that i that i want to make sure that uh, we don't we don't miss in you know out of this conversation one of them is this idea that not everybody wants the same things and we knew this before uh, of course you know we've always known this even though many workplaces haven't done much about it but now it is more true than ever that you got to make sure that you understand what your people want what is a social activity for them how they want to opt in, if they want to opt in at all, and how they want to engage, because as we know, uh, one of one of the things that has that has been happening over time is this idea of providing more customized. Uh, you know, a personalized value, if you will. And that it's true now. I mean, you can't really expect everybody to be able to connect at the same time in the conference call or to be engaging in the same social activities because not everybody draws uh, energy from the same social activity. So I, I love that. Other thing that you mentioned is this idea of taking time to know people. And in all the conversations that I've had, the, in the podcast, in all the events, Recently, and particularly during the pandemic, this idea of curiosity about people, about the organization, about the goals is just so valuable because everybody's going through some level of anxiety, pain, frustration, depression, something is going on with everybody. And Mm -hmm. knowing what they are going through, at least for us in HR, becomes such such an important tool to be able to serve them and help them. Better so I I just I just wanted to rescue that idea because it's just uh, you know it's just very very uh, powerful and by the way we're gonna be putting out this podcast in January of next year so that means that by then we will have already known hopefully who the winner of the presidential election was so just in case for everybody you know that it's gonna be we're recording this podcast in October uh, at the end of October of 2020 uh, so Alison let me ask you what going forward, what are your goals? What are your ideas in terms of the the ways you want to continue to evolve your, how you build relationships at at work? What what have you thought about that? And, uh, you know, uh, whether we continue to be in times of pandemic or not, and hopefully not, what do you bring out of these times of pandemic to continue to build those relationships in the workplace?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately, we were able to bring a lot of our process online fairly easily. Um, When I think about interactions cross-functionally, I begin to think about onboarding as a, a first kind of entry where you're making sure that your new hires are getting exposed to a little bit of everything, ideally, um, and getting to know who to ask for what. I, I anticipate continuing to make sure that we are being, um, I guess, providing as much access to the leadership team as we can. So that way we can continue to foster transparency. I think that one thing during the pandemic that has been difficult is, and once again, coming from the lens of a a startup, being a small group of people, when we're in the office, we can hear more about how did that meeting with a potential VC go and things of that nature. So I've been kind of, uh politely (laughs) our executive team hopefully politely to say like hey guys would you mind uh or folks i should say um so that way we can include everyone there um can you include a little update about how our uh, fundraising efforts are going and that way we're working towards being a more transparent organization Mm -hmm. and sharing some of that more forthcomingly in our all hands. We also have talked a lot about the return to work and what that's going to look like. And so how is that going to affect collaboration if folks opt to stay remote longer or maybe never return to the office in person? Is that even an option? I once again I don't know that I have all of the answers concretely <laughs> for us. It's looking like it's probably going to be some sort of hybrid situation yeah. where we have folks come in sometimes, be remote sometimes, but regardless, we do have some employees who are fully remote and were remote before the pandemic. So, continuing to lean into things like Slack, Zoom and email, it's it's always going to be ever present there. I think Something that I do want to take from the pandemic that I've just noticed in terms of our team schedules is not always hosting certain events or meetings at the same time each week. So when I, um, one of our payroll team members, was one of the ones who had shared how she didn't feel comfortable initially coming to our weekly social like hour. And at first I thought it was just because she didn't necessarily feel comfortable given the current um, climate about racial injustice in America. And then I realized, Also, just her workload didn't facilitate that on Wednesdays because that's when we have payroll too. (laughs) So being mindful of work-related things too, um, to to switch up based on your team schedules, thinking about as your team continues to grow, what are ways that you can also be engaging your hourly employees, um, especially if they're in shifts. So trying to be creative about ways to keep employees engaged when they're working in hours that most of the team isn't, is its own separate challenge too. But I think a lot of that's coming down to sending quick notes to them, reminding them like, hey, I am here if you ever want to jam on something or how was your day? And just doing quick little five-minute check-ins um, is something that I definitely intend to continue post-pandemic that I've started to do over the past couple months and seems to have been pretty well received.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you guys have, uh, or folks, you have all the the great opportunity to to be agile and um, very flexible because of well the size of the organization. Although, of course, you know the sector in which you work, it's uh, it's going through a lot of pressure right now. Allison, thank you so much for your time. This was a great chat. I I once again want to reiterate this, how thankful myself and I'm sure that everybody else is about all the work that you guys folks everybody is doing in the in the healthcare sector so thank you so much for spending this time with me and thank you for doing such an amazing work with your nurses as well to provide them value so that they continue to serve their uh, their customers uh, people in need the way they are doing it so thank you so much
1: yeah I definitely can't take the credits all on the <laughs> So thank you to all of our nurses and clinicians nationwide. We really couldn't do it without you. So, and thank you for having me, Enrique.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Alison. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking Nature Podcast. See you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much, please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.